right, we're back. Oh, man. It's uh, back here with my two favorite guys on Vegas Sports Nation. We are back here. I hope everyone had a wonderful new year. New year, new Brooks, new Stevie Slapshot, <laughs> and new Raiders. All right. It's the same old Stevie uh, right. Slapshot. Well, uh, this, I, I, I thought this was day one, but this is our second week here on Vegas Sports Nation. I want to thank everybody that listens in. I get a lot of phone calls and emails saying they enjoy our show. So thank you for the listeners out there that are listening. So we're going to dive right into uh, the gossip hour, the portal. Let's dive into the portal. Oh, you want to go right to the portal? Yeah. Jordan Maeva story. All right, that's fair. So Jordan Maeva leaves the UNLV running Rebels for sure, got picked up by Georgia. Yes. And so we kind of have, as usual, a little bit of mixed emotions over that. Obviously, we don't want to see him leave UNLV. Right. But at the same time, if you're in Maeva's shoes, it is, is it a good move? That's the question that I'm having a hard time getting my arms around. So obviously, Stevie, I'm going to throw you throw this to you first. Give me a reason why it's a good move for Maeva. Potentially uh, more money for 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 him and his family, right? Uh, now, and depending on what he wants to do with his life going forward. Uh, Georgia's a, a bit the, the degree at Georgia means a little bit more than the degree at, at UNLV, and I'm sure they have more options as far as what school you want to you want to go to. So, so that would be it. Uh, I'm a, I'm a little afraid now with this NIL, Mark. You tell me that you don't have people out there that are trying to get their 10 percent of the NIL deal. And they're selling a guy like Maeva. Hey, I can get you more money if you go to Georgia, and and we'll see if that actually happens. Because those agents, if that's what we're, we're terming them, they have nothing to lose, right? They're they're not making any money off of Maeva right now. They could potentially, if he does things at Georgia, mm. but but they don't have any loss in it. He's got a loss in it if things don't go well for him at Georgia. Yeah. Um, and and this is this is coming from the athletic side of me. Um, as far as his financial situation, we don't know it, right? Like you just said, we don't really know it. But I think let's just take that part out of it first, and then we'll jump back into the financial part of it. He is going to a, first. We all can agree that he can play, right? Yeah. He can play, right? Yeah. Is he an SEC caliber player? I think he's went to the right school if he wants to go there, learn, see some great competition, and also be coached up by one of the best coaches in college football. Not only the head coach, but also their coordinator is a really good coach. So I think that was where he leaned towards and looking at his potential because he does have some potential to probably be one of not the best quarterback in the Mountain West in the next year or two. But if he went down, he's going down to Georgia. I don't know which school would have been a good fit for him or not. Right. I don't, cause at first I was thinking Hawaii, he's from Hawaii, but he might be a kid that can go in there and learn, 
He's going to be playing behind Carson Beck, who is a really good player. Um, they probably gonna have two or three more scholarship players come in at the same time. Um, and this could be, this is either going to be one hell of a decision or it's going to be one bad decision that he made. And it could have been some other people, like you said, NIL, I call them NIL representation agents. Now that's what they do. They don't consider themselves an agent, but they represent these kids in getting them more money through sponsorship, through colleges, through different things like that. So I think what Maeva did was made a decision based on where he could potentially be in two years are in three years because that's probably when he'll see the field right. but and then brooks i'll throw it to you on this this one you can kind of you know agree or disagree but how many players have we seen jump ship immediately when they had a good winning season winning record or they're in their sixth year and they want to just go to another program for either whether to be more money or even to be trained and coached by potentially some of the best college coaches in the business and be prepared for the NFL. Right. And that's what I think a lot of these guys are going to these programs and looking at the programs as, okay, this is a stepping stone for me to learn. Is my Eva going to be a player there? Beck has only got one year left, right? Who Georgia gets four and five star athlete kids. My Eva is a three star kid. So, he wasn't recruited by Georgia, but I do think this move was financially, we won't know, but I think it was a, a football decision because if Georgia is opening the door, right? Because he had between Georgia and USC and they both had to open the door. They didn't, he didn't choose them. They came and grabbed him. So there is some, there's a relationship there with him in Georgia because they don't just go and get anybody. Georgia could have went and got any player. And Maeva must have been a kid that was either they were not only what he did this season, but also what is his potential can be in two years from now when he has three years of eligibility left where he can potentially be. I think that is more or less what that that Georgia decision was of his potential. And I agree with both of you, actually. I think that uh, as part of that sales process of a representative slash agent, he is probably painting the picture of you are going to go to Georgia, you are going to get top quality coaching, you are going to be playing in the SEC, which is now for sure the best conference in America. You you are for sure um, your, your risk though is that you're number three on the depth chart. And you spend a year down there frustrated out of your mind because you never get to see the field and nobody gets to see, you know, Maeva play. And if you don't ever get on the field, it's hard to get recognized by pro scouts. It's hard to, you know, make your way into the senior bowl. It's hard to do anything if you never play. And so in a year from now, is he going to be sitting there frustrated and be ready to jump again, to go back in the portal to somewhere where he can play? Or is he going to ride it out and say, okay, I'm the next guy after Beck? And then Georgia goes out in the portal and grabs somebody else, or they got the hotshot new recruit because Georgia can Georgia ha- carries a big stick. Oh yeah, they can carry a big stick financially, and they can carry a big stick with the with the quality of the program that they have and their history of success. Yeah, and so I think 
from that standpoint, I don't know if the grass is. We don't know the financial side, so we'll take that off the table. Yeah, let's okay. let's talk about the football quality side. of quality of education, education. Stevie's nailed it in the head. Georgia's a better university than UNLV from a quality of education standpoint. Um, I, and I think Maeva wants to be a pro quarterback. I think every kid wants to be a pro quarterback. Yes, that's every that's the kid's dream. Dream, yep. right? And so, um, I think that having been said, I think you're right. To a degree that we won't know for a year. We'll sit here at the end of next year and we'll see exactly what happened with Maeva. I want him to be successful. I think it's good for UNLV the fact that Georgia came and cherry-picked our quarterback. Because that tells the next recruit coming in that we are a place where we are a farm system, essentially, for Power 4 Conference quarterbacks. And so if you come to UNLV and you're going to play with our great offensive coordinator, you're going to go into a, you know, a run-and-gun system, right, a go-go system, and there's a good possibility that somebody is going to come along and pluck you out of our system if you do well, and that gives you the opportunity to make a lot of money. So the question is, did I make a lot of money and I'm sitting on the bench and I'm miserable? Or does he actually eventually get a chance? Because didn't they bury Joe Burrow for four years at Ohio State doing this? And yeah. they transferred to for LSU three. for and three years. The they buried him, and then you know, then look, you know, look what that how that turned out. Yeah. And so I just don't want to see something like that happen to Maeva. Granted, he's already played one year, but I just I, I just hope that he has the opportunity to see the field, and he's just not. Sitting, you know, he's just not sitting on the bench the whole season, right? And you know what? Uh, and Steve, you want to elaborate on that? Uh, I, the, the situation that I saw that would be similar to Georgia, where he might be able to actually compete for a starting job this next year, was Florida State. You, you, mm. Travis Jordan left. Uh, Tate Rudemaker, I think is his name. Yeah, all three the of their. Yeah, yeah, he's gone. Yeah. So 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 now if if you wanted to go to a Georgia type school maybe Florida State was the option but maybe we don't know that he didn't ask Florida State and they said hey we 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 like the pocket passer better yeah which which Maeva wants to you know use and all they his got skills. there and then Florida State then just news that came up last you know the last few days they got their quarterback oh, DJ Ugalalele okay from oh, okay. Oregon State who okay. was at Clemson okay. so he signed with them and so. You seeing a lot of shuffling. I don't think this is a bad thing for Maeva. I think it, it's a more of a let's see what happens mm-hmm. because we know he can play. He yeah. three thousand yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, twenty seven, twenty six touchdowns. You know, five or six. I think he has six. In, but this kid stepped in and really performed at a high level for UNLV. I mean, he he was the reason we won nine games. All right, let's let's just for what it was. If does. Brumfield win nine games? Uh, I, <laughs> could he be healthy? That would be my question with right. Brumfield, yeah. right? Yeah. Maeva stayed healthy the whole season, 13 games or 11, or what do they play? 13, right? Because yeah. of both, yeah. nine and five. Yeah. It was nine and five. And so I think this move for him was a football decision first, and I think it's financial second because Beck is collecting the checks right now, mm-hmm. right? 
and Maeva is going to have to compete. They signed one freshman. Okay. And Maeva, and they had one other scholarship player. So they had two scholarships. So they have four. They're four deep right now. Okay. Is Maeva that second or third guy? I don't know what the, we don't know what those other two guys behind Beck. Oh, good. Day. One right. of them is a freshman, true right. freshman, hadn't played college ball. So, but like you said, Brooks, Georgia is the school where they could have went out in the portal and got any quarterback. True. <laughs> any True. quarterback, right? And there was a lot of them that came out that came from big programs that were in the same boat as Maeva, like redshirt freshmen mm-hmm. and sophomores. So they seen something in Maeva that we probably seen but didn't want him to leave UNLV, right? We were so excited that he came and mm-hmm. played in the bowl game. But Georgia seen something in this kid. Okay, we can we can get him in here. He did a wonderful job under Barry Odom. We can teach him. We can train him. And he could possibly be the backup to Carson Beck. Right. That's what they had to been the process for them. And maybe the, and maybe the con- thought is at Georgia that they can develop him. Yes. And make him an SEC quarterback. Yeah. Because a lot more pressure playing in the SEC on Saturdays than there is in the Mountain West. Of course. There's uh, a lot more pressure. Bigger things are at stake. And uh, Yeah. <laughs> people, bigger. Are, people are a lot more invested. And it is more, more, I mean, alumni booster, community, right? And so Maeva has to go down. And I was just looking back at his coming out of college. They didn't recruit him out of high school. So no. they didn't recruit him out of high school. So there wasn't something they went and said. Just last year then. Hey, <laughs> we, we was keep recruiting you. Now we want you back. Right. They didn't recruit him out of high school, so that tells me that they seen something in that kid through the film of this year because they were highlighted, right? UNLV and when the turnaround that Barry Odom oh, did, sure, sure. he won. All right, his stats. Let's talk about what he did. Three, or, he had four player of weeks. He had three, two or three national freshman week of yep. the weeks. Right. Right. He won MVP at the Mountain West. So this kid racked up some a lot of awards. And so I think that's where Georgia was like, you know what? This is a kid that we probably can change. And if you go down Georgia's quarterback list, they really haven't had the greatest quarterbacks. They've had a couple of guys. They had Justin Fields. He left. Uh, Jaden Daniels. He was at USC, went to Georgia, went to Rice. Now he's retired. Uh, Carson Beck. And then they had the kid from last year who is, I think he's with the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. What was his name? Do you guys remember his name? The kid that was, I'm I'm, I'm losing my train of thought with all these different, but he, the guy that won last year in the BTCU, he went to Georgia and now he's at, with the Rams. And so, that's Georgia because Stafford went to Georgia, did he not? Yes. So now you got Matt two, Stafford. You got two Georgia quarterbacks in, in, for the Rams. Yeah, yeah. Matt Stafford went to the to uh, to Georgia as well. So, you know that it's just I think this is money wise. If we talk about the financial part of it, um, yeah, we don't know his situation. If it's a money thing, then I'm gonna go with do what's best for my family yep. long term. Even if if Maeva is the second string quarterback, he's gonna make a little bit of money. Oh yeah. yeah. As a backup, right? Because yeah. they're looking, again, sponsors and donors look at the future. Well, Ava could be the future of Georgia football. Uh, quarterbacks get injured every once in a while, I hear. <laughs> a lot of quarterbacks get injured. And that's what I'm saying. His opportunity could come sooner than later. Right. Or yeah. if it's 40 to nothing. Right. Slide on it. Come Just on and get you a series or two a or a quarter. Standpoint, better decision to have stayed here and actually be playing. Right. Or better decision to go 
potentially get better coaching at Georgia, even though you're not playing? If Great you, question. If you would have asked me that when I was playing, Stevie, I would have said, hey, silly, stay at UNLV. Right. You but if you ask me now, with all the potential of money and these coaches being able to – some school or some NFL teams, they'll go and get a second-string guy from the SEC compared to a first-string guy in yeah. the Mountain West. Right. Which is un heard of you know what i mean but they look at the potential well if you're at georgia and you're a second string guy carson beck is in front of you you're at georgia for a reason so you probably can play in the national football league right that's how the scouts to look at that but you know we we could we'll we'll reconvene and let's talk a little bit of uh nil throughout the rest of the show we'll be talking throughout the season we'll continue because it's going to be more things like this who's next who's unlv's quarterback so we'll continue to talk unlv but hey Las Vegas Raiders. You're not happy about their win, but me and Stevie was excited because I think it's a two-man race right now. Jim Harbaugh, Antonio Pierce, my guy, straight from Long Beach, straight Raider, <laughs> born a Raider. All right. Roll it up in the 6-4 Impala to practice. Buddy. He could be the guy, potentially. Buddy, if you have a choice between Harbaugh and Pierce, you don't have a choice. The choice has been made. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to go with Harbaugh, even though Pierce is a great guy, wonderful, wonderful guy. You know, the the, the gossip mill is in flying and it's in full force right now and everybody is speculating. But at the end of the day, if, if, the, if Harbaugh is an option that's even looking at you... Because he's the he's the best looking he's in, girl at the dance right he's now. He's the Ferrari. And all the guys want to all the guys want to drive the Ferrari. And he, right? it's him. And it's him. So he gets to pick. And so, you know, everybody's kind of talked a little bit about his ties to the Raiders and his ties to Davis and that history. And Stevie thinks that, you know, there's a definite interest that he's heard out of the out of the. There, there is definite interest. That, that, the that, that's camp. the that's mail, yeah, question. a good source. What I, yeah. what I also heard was that he's already got his coaching staff together and he is coming here. Now, that's, that's rumor. But 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 he is he's definitely in play here. He's definitely in play here. Yeah, I think we know that for sure. Yeah. I think it's down. And I and I and I read something and just listening and talking to different people. It is down. It, it's going to come down to first the GM that they hire, mm-hmm. and they're saying the GM that they're going to interview has ties with Harbaugh. Right. Okay. And so now that's why Mark Davis went that route, whereas other teams they go get their coach first and then they kind of maybe hire the GM second, mm-hmm. but they said he's going to the GM route first and then the coaching will be hired, but the coach has already been hired. So now you, now you don't blame Mark Davis, right? Right. <laughs> so he got a kind of a pass. If he does hire a GM and the GM goes out and goes, Harbaugh's my guy. Mark Davis don't look bad for not hiring Pierce. Yeah. There's, there's still going to be turmoil. Over there but in, do you in, keep in Pierce on the staff or does Pierce – because Pierce is – he's not the Ferrari right now, but does, he does is Pierce a Mercedes. Stay, if he gets passed over, would he want to stay here? No. I would think not either. And I think I he, guess he's in a position now where he can choose. Yeah, he Someone it, else will pick him up after this, after right. what he did. And as a head coach or a coordinator? He, he's, he's, it's six openings right now. He's got the pick of the litter as yeah. a coordinator. Yeah. As coordinator. a defensive coordinator. What about as a head coach? I think he's going to have to interview and impress somebody. Right. You know what I mean? I think he'd have to go through the process, interview, impress, and somebody hires him. But as a coordinator, 
he is in the same boat that Jim Harbaugh is in. He can go ahead and pick the job so. that yeah. he ought. He will be so sought after, as will the Raiders' defensive coordinator if they don't, Graham. If they don't keep Graham, Graham, he's interviewing with the Chargers. Oh, not what I want to hear. It's just that's just it's coming out. It's just coming out now. Just recent, a couple hours. <laughs> he's going to interview with the but Chargers. That's what happens, right? Yeah. yeah. When, when you turn around a program like like has happened here. Everybody involved now is their their stock goes up. Yeah, even right? even the GM got an interview down. Uh, I'll, I'll think of it, but the the GM, what was his name? It was uh, Pearson. Uh, ah, the Bell? GM. No. no, it wasn't Bell. Uh, I'll get it. So many people to think of, but he's he's interviewing for other jobs. He's interviewing for the Panthers general GM. Okay, I think it's a, I think it's the go. Panthers. Yeah, and actually did a pretty good job. He brought in some good personnel. I think under his, it was a short tutelage and a short tenure, but I think under his window that the Raiders actually did. Chip, Champ. Chip. Champ Kelly. Champ Champ Kelly. So he has interests, and I I wanted to make sure I, we get our, make sure we always give out the right information. So it's Champ Kelly. He's going to be also interviewing for a couple of uh, GM jobs that opened up. So. Who's in the rumor mill for the GM for the Raiders? Do you have a name or do we just do we know? Because I haven't followed Adam Peters. Okay, and he was the GM and uh, assistant GM in San Francisco. Okay, Hmm. goes back deep where Harbaugh Mm -hmm. was in San Francisco. Adam Peters. That's who the who the potential hire or not hire, but they're going to interview. They've already said that. And then the Colts assistant uh, GM, they're going to interview him, Ed Dodds. Okay. So a couple of names just to throw out there that just kind of Part of the tracking. process. Yeah. But I think, I think that. And the uh, Rooney Rule is in effect, too. The yeah. Rooney Rule, you guys know about the Rooney Rule. Yeah, yeah. They have to. Right. You know, they got to okay. hire and interview minority coaches. So I'm good with all that. But I think they better do something pretty quickly because you don't want to be, you don't want to get the chair grabbed out from under exactly. you. Exactly. So you, if you have a true interest in somebody, and you actually have somebody circled on your, on your, on your whiteboard there, and you've decided, hey, that's the person that we're going to pick, then you probably want to make a move and get going, um, because, yeah. and they're, they're starting because Carolina nine play nine uh, coaches right now is heading to Carolina for an interview. You got Brent, Ben Johnson, OC, Todd oh, Munkin, right. <laughs> from the Ravens. I mean, so you, but you have all potential guys. That some have had coaching experience, like Dan Quinn. He's very hot right now as a defensive yeah, yeah, coordinator yeah, yeah. with the with the Cowboys. Mike McDonald, who's with there the Ravens, go. DC. Uh, Raheem Morris, who's the Rams, DC. He's yeah. getting an interview, but he's had some experience as well. Do you guys think that's the only thing that hurt Antonio Pierce is not having some head coaching experience? It if you had just him. a little bit of head coaching experience, him. would this be a done deal? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he was a he wasn't a. A phenomenal in-game coach, either, and he didn't right. manage the clock that well at times. And he had he kind of stubbed his toe along the way, and he was learning along well, the that's, way. But that, but all coaches but, gotta learn somehow, some way, right? Uh, yeah, again, not, I mean, that's like a job, right? You know, sometimes you have to have some type of training right. to get experience no, to I, be. Yeah, so you got to have some in-game on-game experience. experience, and that's right. what he did. And he probably yeah. made some decisions that probably if it was somebody on the staff that had. More experienced experience. coach and head coach right. experience could have been like, hey, yeah. you know, and yeah. he's already talked about if I do get this job, right. I'm going to bring in some guys and maybe that just kind of chatter. But, yep. So real quick, and I don't mean to change the subject, but but 
Where do you both stand on O'Connell? It's the end of the season now. Do we have a future starting quarterback, or in my opinion, do we have a solid number two at a good price? A solid number two at yeah, a good price yeah. right now, but I think he's going to have every opportunity next fall to be the. He's going to come in as a starter. He has a shot at coming in as number one, unless we pick up somebody. Will he keep that job? I think that's going to, a lot is going to vary on the coach. Yeah, mm-hmm. that gets hired, right? That's 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 really going to be the key. Who is the coach? Because if it's a coach, we got the number eleven or thirteen pick. I, I'm not sure, and it will be a quarterback sitting at eleven. But now you got two rookie quarterbacks on the roster. Do you go out and get you a veteran in free agency, or do you go out to somebody's roster and pay, cherry pick them and get you a backup with experience, like a like a Hoyt. Joe Flacco or a Tate, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ryan Tannehill, you know, just somebody that can go and and you know, like a Mentor. Andy Dalton, like yeah. you know, just yeah, yeah. not saying this is going to be your guy, but right. you have to give these young players an opportunity to, to grow. Correct. You look at Bryce Young right now. Granted, C.J. Stroud was a whole different animal, right? right. He right. went into a situation that was pretty darn good. Yeah. Whereas Bryce Young, who was the first pick, he didn't have nobody to learn behind. Andy Dalton is there, right? But he has not played, so they have not set Andy Dalton or put Andy Dalton in the game when this kid has thrown three and four interceptions. He's he. I mean, it's one game he threw for eighty yards total. Like he's had some really bad games, and they didn't replace him with that seasoned veteran, but. Andy Dalton is a great guy to have in the locker room, like a yeah, Brian Hoyer, like even like a yeah, Hoyer, yeah, right. like he's yeah. a mentor, somebody that you can just lean on because it's going to get rough and tough. If the if the Raiders go out, keep McConnell, and then they draft uh, that eleventh pick, yeah, a quarterback that's thirteenth or thirteenth. If they go and get a, it will be a quarterback sitting there. You, now you got two rookie quarterbacks and nobody to train them. Now you're. Almost Starting going in the Carolina again. Panthers yeah. direction, right? Because they were two and fourteen. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I just think he's a backup quarterback. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with that thirteenth pick. Okay. Do you go get? If you're a new coach, do you go get a quarterback? If you're Antonio Pierce, do you just keep McConnell and maybe get a quarterback and draft a quarterback, but also bring in a veteran? I need. We need a veteran on our roster, not Garoppolo, and not Hoyer. Yeah, so get rid of those two. Right, right. But so Garoppolo's I, gone. Yeah, Josh Jacobs. He's on his way out. I haven't heard anything about Josh Jacobs. I think that he was only on a one-year contract, so they have yeah. to sign him to a long-term deal this time. Do you think uh, with Samir White playing so well that they're going to sign Josh Jacobs to a long-term deal at this stage? Or would you? I wouldn't sign him to a long term. Yeah, I don't. I, I think if they was going to sign him to a long term deal, they would have last year. Yeah, because so he was up for contract and he was the leading rusher in the, in the yeah. NFL. But you can go find a Zamir White, or, right? Uh, and I and a, I think running I, back. We circle back to the coach thing too. Yeah. I think that decision will be made by the GM and the coach, whoever yeah. they may be. Come, you know, moving forward. The running back position is the most expendable position in the National Football yeah. League. They just go, they I mean, just, they just free agency, it. free agency right now. Derrick Henry is going to hit the market. How many players, how many teams are going to be after Derrick Henry? Right. And so. Well, he's, he's getting older. You got to remember running backs forever in the National Football League. Lifespan is like two and a half years. That's the right. average. Yeah. For a running back. And now we're throwing the ball all over the place. We're not running the football like we used to. Running backs are not. You pick, pick, keep white. See what he's got. 
maybe maybe you draft a guy if there's a guy in the spot there, or or pick up some backup off another roster. Oh, it's you, a, I mean, running backs are yeah. So uh, you don't yeah you, you can find need, them. You don't need to keep Jacobs. Yeah, and you don't need to pay a low, whole lot of money for exactly a running back because right. you got rookies that are actually the best running backs in the league right yeah. now that yeah. are in their second and third year just because of like you said how the style of play is right, right. you got to have a running back that can catch out the backfield right you don't even have yeah. to have a running back to run the ball 30 right. times catch yeah. out the backfield third down so and i think white does give them that and i think it was a good situation and i haven't heard this i'm speculating a little bit i think jacob chose not to come back because he didn't want to either re-aggravate or get it hurt and Samir White was playing well enough, they might have wanted to audition and let him see what he can do. Jacobs might be out the door. Yeah, yeah. I think I think because his he didn't have a major injury. <laughs> no, but he said he had another six weeks to get well. So that's what I. I mean, I read that. And that I mean, was, if I'm on my last was, contract and I don't have a long term deal, right? Am I? I'm. I want to come back and prove to the ownership that hey, I deserve a, a multi year contract now. He's going to be on a one-year, two-year deal wherever he goes, and and he'll get picked up. It yeah. won't. It's not. But why wouldn't you come back and be a part of this team and try to prove yourself to ownership to go? Okay, maybe three-year, four-year contract that he, you know, he was the leading rusher last year. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't like he had a bad year. The Raiders did, but he didn't. Um, and so I, you know, I guess we can. We'll kind of dive into that because there's going to be a lot to talk about in the next couple of weeks with coaches getting hired and GMs getting hired and but our Raiders are in a dire stray of I mean you're a big advocate for Harbaugh you want him here and he's already in your eyes he's already here not my eyes I have no idea who is going to be but you would prefer him over Pierce yes I just think it's just a I think Davis has to make a clout hire he has to make a splash he has to let Raider Nation know that he's committed and he's willing to well once again spend the money. And, and he didn't call it didn't and, cost him none for Pierce, so yeah, and, and get a top coach. The Ferrari. Right now yeah, is Jim and he Harbaugh. He needs somebody who's exceptional at managing the cap. Yeah. And that's how the Raiders will get good. Somebody who's really good at managing the cap and under and with player personnel and somebody who's a great head coach. And Harbaugh is the guy right now. Yep. And there's a lot of good OCs out there and DCs out there as well that we haven't even talked about that could be possibly linked to the Raiders. But I think it's a two-man race. And Harbaugh is in the front of the race. And, yeah. and you know, if he wants to be a Raider coach, yep. but he's going to be a Raider coach. Comes down to and we'll see Antonio Pierce as assistant head coach at one of these six teams somewhere. Because yep. somebody's going to give him a job yep. just as quick yeah. as Harbaugh get hired. Yeah. Right, so he did do one good thing. They were five and four when he took over. Um, They won since he took over. They were five and four. He beat some quality teams, right? I mean, the Broncos weren't playing bad, like, but this he did enough audition wise to warrant a, a coordinator or somewhere to where he could come in and be even assistant head coach. Yeah. I mean, you got six teams. That's probably a perfect spot for him, assistant head coach. Let him let him cut his teeth a little longer. Let him develop. Let him experience that that environment, that role, and then yeah, because he got he coach. got nine games of it, right? And yeah. so I I, I, I mean, we com- we got to commend what he did. 
right? In oh, the, yeah. Since McDonald McDaniel got fired, McDaniel. Mm-hmm. And so, but well, to be continued, we'll find out more. I mean, we'll know once the hire comes down. I mean, what you guys say, a week, two weeks, a month? Well, it's not a month. It's got to be quicker than that. Two well, weeks. Yeah, I think as the Raider turns is is going to be a two, two week soap opera here. <laughs> well, the first when that first domino falls, yeah, right, because owners know who exactly they targeting right it's yeah. just based on list of process interview okay let me see if this coach fits our style of what we trying to accomplish here but you know this whole mantra of how to be a raider um you know i, I think everybody got sold on that but we'll talk we'll see all right let's jump into some unlv fat basketball well, uh, women's and men's basketball coming up. Um, got a good news, bad news. Week. Got a good news, Let's bad news. Let's do the good news first. All right, Lady Rebels. You know, they go out, and there is no easy games in the Mountain West, as we know. The travel's kind of crazy, but they went up, and they played a feisty, feisty Colorado State team. They won 83-78. Uh, there's a, Kimson came off the bench. She scored 16. She shot four for five from the three-point arc. I think Colorado State had a good plan. They kind of shut down Desiree uh, Young, and the, and she was held to 16 points, which is well below her normal average. But the rest of the team picked it up, but it was an exciting game. There were 12 lead changes in the game. UNLV never really like got away from them and never really pulled away from them. So it was a great – actually, it's probably a great Mountain West test against a very good Mountain West opponent. And so, and UNLV persevered, and they persevered on the road. And once again, I think it's credit to the team, credit to Lindsay Barak. And so, uh, and they had just now today cracked into the top twenty, back into the top twenty-five. Yeah, same. So, that. Lady Rebs are back in the top twenty-five. So good for them. They're getting the recognition, and they're earning the recognition. On the other side, the men played San Diego State. Relatively predictable game. Yeah, they really. Kind they of, were in it for a minute at the towards the towards the end. They kind of got they they went on a little bit of a run. I was kind of watching in and out, but how did that? They cut know? it to six at one time. Right? But how did it? Did they, did, no, they were. I think San Diego State was comfortable the entire game. They got up by sixteen early. They really never looked back. UNLV just they just dug them you know dug themselves a hole. They couldn't get they, out of it, and then they played them even after that. Yeah. You know, so they dig themselves into a deep hole. They play even, and UNLV is men's basketball is facing the gauntlet because tonight they play New Mexico, who's thirteen and two, and then they got to turn around and play number twenty Utah State. Hmm. Both those games are here at home. They're in the MAC, so get out and support UNLV. Do some, you know, let's cheer on our Rebels. Um, I still think this is a team that hasn't played their best basketball. They had a major setback, though. Jalen Hill, he just got back into the lineup, and he tore his ACL. He's out for the season, which is kind of sad, to tell you the truth. So uh, it was really, really uh, sad to hear that news. Um, and I think that's a little bit of a hit for UNLV because he was a good big man, and they they're, they're, were definitely a better team with him. As, you know, he's a starter. And so now they're back to having to function without him. Um, let's see how Kruger coaches. He's got to dream something up one of these games to help UNLV win. We beat Creighton, but we need a little more of that. And it doesn't get any easier coming down. No, we have Colorado State on the road. We've got Boise State on the road coming up. So those are your first five games. 
and that is a gauntlet for UNLV. With the reality is they could potentially be 0-5, and it's not really a stretch. Wow, so they got New Mexico, Utah State, Boise State, and Colorado State. Wow. And the last two are on the road. So they got a tough stress. And these, and like you, we talked about this before, you know, as they were getting into Mountain West play, it's about four or five teams in the Mountain West that are potentially right on the bubble are already ranked, right? Because yeah. I'm looking at, you know, just looking at the, the overall records, these teams are like, Top really good, really good. Yeah. From when you go from San Diego State to New Mexico, Utah State, Boise State, Colorado State, Air Force, San Jose State, Fresno State, even Wyoming is not playing bad. So UNLV gotta, they gotta get the act together, right? Because we were talking about that Creighton game and was like, wow, how did they beat the number eight team right. in the country? But they played a perfect game. They haven't played a perfect game since. No. <laughs> and what, what, what was the Creighton score? Um, do, 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 by 11? I got it here. Do, no, but I, seventy-nine and sixty-four. Yeah, so we blew them out. See, that's that, but that's high scoring. I, I wonder if UNLV to stay with these teams in the MAC now. Oh, if they slow it down, yeah. slow slow it down, so they so they can stay within reach, right? right at the end and have and have a chance. They played a perfect game in that one, Stevie. So I mean, they shot lights out. Yeah. The three pointer, they shot lights out. They had. I'm looking here. They had one, two, three, four guys in double figures. Other, I mean, everybody contributed. And you don't, when you look at the teams and the roster and the statistics, some of the other games, you got two or three guys in double figures. Everybody else is kind of, you know, no six, points six, or got one points, point yeah, or two points, points and barely, you know, barely contributing. So, so, but watching this team, is is this a team that can outscore? Other teams in the conference, or is this a team that's better trying to lock down the defense and and, and get it get into a low scoring game where they have a chance at the end? What I've seen from this, and just again, my just my opinion, I'll throw it to to Brooks. I, I think this this team is not a team that can get down. And the last the games they've been in, they've gotten down. Creighton, they didn't get down. Right. They wasn't behind, so they wasn't playing catch up. Okay. UNLV is not a if they can get out to a big lead. And, and just kind of keep that lead, they win a lot more games. But when they get down and then they try to fight back, they're just not that team that's going to fight back and win the game. Right. They don't. It feels like they're not going to rain three pointers. Okay. On another team and do and have a rapid comeback from being down sixteen. They're not that type of team. They're more of a grinder team. Yeah. So they got to grind out wins, and I think they have to. And but they're not. Other than Creighton, they are not particularly defensively strong. Okay. So the, they did play the back half of San Diego State defensively pretty well. Okay. So the second half of that game, they were pretty strong defensively. Um, so that you get these windows of it, but rarely do you see it all the way through the game where they're defensively sound. Okay. Yeah, not for two halves. And they and they feel like those Stevie, they're improving. That's why I say we haven't seen the best version. We haven't okay. seen the best version. We haven't seen the best version because they're improving defensively and they're improving somewhat offensively. And Jaden Thomas is improving because he's a true freshman. And so it's coming. But I hope, I mean, I feel like we may be trapped back into this thing if we want to talk about the tournament, that we have to win the Mountain West tournament already. Yeah. You know, and so, and that that's going to be a tall order with the quality of competition in the Mountain West this season. Yeah. And you know, one thing about the Mountain West we learned last year, a lot of 
each team is almost evenly like matched player for player. You might have a couple of other couple of teams that are a little more skilled, a little defensively better, rebound better. They do a lot of things better. But the teams in the Mountain West, and we learned this in the tournament, yeah. right? These guys are all like, you know, kind of like 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D. They're all competitive in the Mountain West. No matter what the record is, they stay competitive. And that's why we've seen this with San Diego State and UNLV. They did get down 16, but they were able to kind of – grind their way back into the game and made it look First a lot closer than it really should have been. 72 to 61, right? That was the final, but they did get down by 16 points and then UNLV just kind of niched and but I think that's just the the conference. Yeah. The Mountain West Conference is kind of like well, it's parody. All these kids are same kids that are being recruited by the same schools. And so all these kids are kind of similar in abilities mm-hmm. and athleticism and things like that. I think the Mountain West Conference probably has the most parody of any conference that I've seen. Outside, I mean, I haven't watched a lot of Midwest and the, on the East Coast games, but they have a lot of teams to where UNLV can beat a Colorado State. Sure. <laughs> right on any given night they can come in and beat colorado state but then they can also get beat by san jose state san jose state or yep. boise state like yep. they can get beat by a team that's lower well, in the conference so i think that's going to be a tall task like brooks said if they can put it all together even halfway stevie of how they played against creighton they have a chance to be right there but you know if you just haven't shown consistency at all no not against good teams Nope, they haven't. And speaking of inconsistency, that would roll us right into the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, is that the the Raiders Golden Knights? The land of inconsistency. (laughs) Is that Uh, that the Raiders Golden Knights? Well, we're going to spend the next 27 minutes talking about the skating wounded here. Let's talk about the Golden Knights. All right, we are going to talk about the Golden Knights, Stevie. I'm going to go down the injury list, and you're going to give us an update. It's not going to be good. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Well, that's promising. <laughs> you didn't uh, even have to go down the list. <laughs> Shea Theodore. Uh, n- not soon. William Carlson. Not soon. Ooh. Hutton. Uh, not soon. Zach Whitecloud. He could play tomorrow. Oh. Keegan Colasar. Yeah. Colasar's uh, back. Okay. Uh, Carrier? Uh, I, I haven't heard anything about Carrier. I don't. Think his is a longer term injury, but he might miss the next two games yet. And of course, our goaltender Aiden Hill. So Aiden Hill is probably starting tomorrow because Thompson's sick and is not going to go on the trip. So it's either Thompson or Patera tomorrow, and then you know we'll have to see if Thompson can get over this uh, to be able to play on Thursday here. So we have a back-to-back. We have a back-to-back with goalie questions. Yep. All right, that's pretty wild. They picked up a guy named Borntot. What? Uh, oh yeah, from, from 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 Los Angeles. Um, he, he's okay. Yeah. Not not great, but he's okay. He'll fill the gap. Yeah. You know who did look pretty good in the game was Cormier. Uh, looked good to me. I, I I like this guy. He moves the. He, he probably is not a real good defenseman, but he moves the puck well. He's way better on the power play right now than um, uh, Petrangelo. Yeah, he did because some, he moves the puck well. He's more free skating. Yeah, 
And he has a, he's more fluid player. The, yeah. the the team seems way more fluid when he just from the short window that we saw him. Yeah, short window that he played against the Islanders. Yeah, he, he moves the puck fluid. really well. But he, but he's a smaller guy. Uh, bigger defensemen are, are going to take their shots at him. But and Denisenko, what, um, I I I. I I Can think there's I think there's some potential there yet. I didn't I, there, I saw spurts where I liked what I saw, but I did I'm not sure I saw enough of that. So we'll we'll have to see going forward. I, I think I think there might be potential there. I mean, I, and I just kind of see the same. It's a little bit repetitive here, where yeah. we're seeing the same thing where the power play is not really yeah. gelling at well, all. So again, you, you've got to get shots on goal when you and and it's not. I, I watch other hockey besides the Golden Knights, and this is a this is a refrain. But by, by the way, I'll pull a blessingism, if you will. Brian used to always say, "Hockey is not easy, but it is simple." And everybody, it's the same thing from club to club to club. Get the puck out of your zone. You've got you've got to get it out out of your zone. Make make the simple pass to do that. Gain the red line. Dump the puck. Go win a puck battle. Have guys at the front of the net and get shots on net. That's what you need. And it's every team that I've listened to. If they're in a funk, that's what the announcers and the coaches say. That this is what the Knights have to do. Yeah, and we have a hyper analytical coach. We do. And, I mean, and actually, I kind of like that. Yeah. Bruce Cassidy shares his, his anal- analyzing yeah, yeah. how he analyzes the games, and he's very forthright with his commentary after the game of what they did well and what they didn't do well. Mm-hmm. He seems pretty frustrated at this stage. Yeah. Well, did you hear what he said about the the, the power play the, the, the last game where he drew up a play for him, and then they went out and just did whatever they wanted to do. Oh, they, they, did, they, they didn't run the play that he had drawn up. That he called timeout. That he called the timeout for. The, for the against the uh, oh, for, it was, we were zero and six against Florida. It must have been that game. Uh, was it the Florida? I, oh, I, 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 I can't remember which game, but I, but I remember he he was PO'd about oh, yeah. it. And you can't you can't again you can't do that. The the other thing I see other teams that are good on the power play quick passes movement and movement. You've got to move the defensive run. If they're allowed to stand in their square, yeah. good luck. Yeah, they just good stand there. Yeah, it's almost like uh, I, I, I'm at the game and I'm watching this, and it feels like isolation basketball almost. Yeah. Where J- Jack Eichel's kind of skating around and skating around, and time's ticking off the clock, and he's skating around and he's skating around and he's skating around and he's skating around. I'm like, is this Bryce Hamilton, <laughs> or is this you know under under Dave Rice, or is this Jack Eichel under the Golden Knights? I mean, you got to move that puck to yeah. move the defense to Correct. take advantage of your man advantage, and the Knights have just this propensity just to kind of skate around and and yeah. wait for perfection. Yeah, they don't. They, you got to cause it. They, there's they got to cause activity. Correct in front of one hundred percent. Cause the defense to move to create. You know, th- four on three. Then draw that defender, create the four on three, and then you got a true advantage. Yeah, and and so I'm just not seeing that that much, and the defense still looks a little bit out of sorts. They look pretty good against the Islanders, especially the last 30 minutes. The Knights look really strong against the Islanders. The Islanders didn't play their best game, though. No. They, they were they gave the Knights all kinds of time and space mm-hmm. in that game. Most most teams are not going to give you that. So it was a, it was a bad game by the Islanders. The Knights looked a little better. But there's still a lot of improve, improvement that needs to be done here. Yeah, Thompson's been a little inconsistent in the net. I I don't I don't. I, look, he's he's let in a couple of goals. He 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 will tell you he shouldn't have let in. That that's true. For the most part, though, any one of these guys, and even Patera, will they'll stop the first shot. 
But the, the rebound control is not there. I don't know why Sean Burke won't work on this with these guys. You've got to give with the puck so it drops right in front of you and then you can cover it. They don't do that. You, you get a lot of rebounds. But again, that, that Cassidy defense, when it's working correctly, mm-hmm. they'll clean up those rebounds. Right. Not working correctly, now you're getting more shots. Or they're pushing them to the side. Yeah. Because all, all, it's all angle shots from the boards. Yeah. So all those angle shots come in and they just push them to the other side of the, to the ice. And then, you know, yeah. then they're just a scramble to get the puck and get out of the zone. So the bottom line is they're in a funk. I, I, I believe they'll get out of it, but they, they know what to do. If you hear, again, Cassidy speak after games or, or players speak in between periods, they're all saying the same thing. We've got to get to our game. Well, that's fine. Get to it. You, 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 you really have to outwork the other team. It's as simple as that. And when they, they'll, they'll get to it eventually. I don't know why it's taking them so long, but they'll eventually get to working, and then the results will be there. And I think I already know the answer to this question, but the biggest injury that we currently have is? Well, Theodore, to me. And the well, second biggest, or equally as <laughs> oh, bad? Oh, Carlson. Yes. Yeah. No, Carl- Carlson was definitely the best forward to this point uh, for for the Knights. I know other guys have scored more goals, but it's the defense he plays. It's it's all the right decisions that he makes. Right. He very rarely makes a mistake no. in, in, in in moving the puck or or picking up the right guy or or whatever it is. And he's great on the penalty kill. And I think yeah. you know him. And I think this is where we're missing Riley Smith a little bit because Riley mm-hmm. Smith is a great two-way Ross. player. Yeah, you know he had little. He wasn't scoring at the very end of last year. He didn't score that much, but prior to that, he was a pretty consistent yeah. scorer. But more than that, he was a two-way player. Yeah, and he had him and Carlson together were both great were. two-way players. Yeah, and that line was amazing together when they had him with Marcheseau for so many years. But I mean, that's that's then. This is now. He's gone. But I yeah. do think they miss Riley Smith. Two-way play. Here's the decision they made. It was between Barbashev or Smith. So they kept Barbashev because, again, they wanted a net front presence. Yeah. Now, we can argue as to whether they made the right decision, but, but, that, but that's what they did. They spent $5 million a year on, on Barbashev rather than $5 million a year on Riley Smith, and Barbashev is gone. Yeah. And, and I don't – I like Barbashev. I, I do, he's too. He's a great player. I think he's a – I think he's a he's a hard nosed player, and I think we need more hard nosed players on the team. I agree with I all. I think that. he'll go into the you know he'll get dirty, he'll get greasy, he he'll will. fight in the corners, he'll park in front of the net and take the hits. There, but there are also periods of time where he doesn't do that, and 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 that's what they signed him up for. He needs to give them that on a nightly basis. Yeah, every shift, every yeah. outing, yes. every time. Yeah. But overall, I think he's got a really. I like Barbashev's game. I, 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 I do too. I do. You know what I mean? I think yeah. he creates chances. I think he hustles. I think he's a pretty good finisher. I I, I agree with all that. You know, yeah. when the opportunity comes, he, he makes. Yeah. Well, a well, good he's job standing right in front of the net normally. Yeah. So you, you should be able to finish from there. No, I I, I like Barbashev. Obviously, they did too. They they decided on him over Smith. So here we go. We got the Avalanche back to back. Well, next night the Bruins, yep. Calgary on Saturday, and Nashville. Yeah, four games in six days. Yeah, and we are the walking wounded. The, the the first two are going to be tough, even if you're completely healthy. Right. So hopefully they can take care of Nashville and Calgary. So yeah, scratch one out of the first two. Uh, probably. Hopefully get one yeah. win out of there, at least some points. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you go overtime, well, I would I would take that. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially Boston, because then Colorado wouldn't get the point. You don't, you don't really right. want to go overtime with Colorado and give them the point. Yep. All right, so that's kind of our wrap up for the Golden Knights here. You know, the Silver Knights are in town this weekend. They're playing Milwaukee at home Friday and Saturday. The Desert Dogs are at home. They're playing the San Diego Steels in Lacrosse on Friday night at the Michelob Center. The Ignite are playing the Spurs tonight at the DLC. Women's basketball is playing San Jose State uh, and Air Force this week. So there's so much going on in the Las Vegas sports scene. Sometimes it's difficult to keep up with it. Um, but I think the number one story of the week is definitely going to be the Las Vegas Raiders next time we sit down next Tuesday. I think things are definitely going to be happening over there. It's going to be progressing. It has to. I mean, like I said, usually when one domino falls, if a higher coach or a GM gets higher, then everybody else starts just do 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 do. But before we go, I wanted to uh, let's let's do our picks, and then I know me and Stevie we had discussed. Steve, you want to uh, wait till next Tuesday? We have more time, or you want to just kind of know we so a few things it's with up Brian? To you. I mean, t- t- today's the day. I mean, it, yeah, oh, no, it, let's do it now. Yeah, let's yeah. do it now. We can so. do our picks if we have time. We got about seven minutes, so um, most of you. Uh, probably still hopefully listen to the station but he was the kind of i mean he was the guy here for us and you know we two years how time flies and uh, we lost one of the most powerful hockey voices in las vegas and buffalo uh we even named the studio and every time i come in here i look up at the studio um you know if i think i'm having a bad day but brian blessing um uh, you know this is the two year uh, when we lost him and we we still think about him because when you come in the studio, there's only one place to that was fitting for him is to be right in our, you know, above us and being able to look down and with that smile. And I'm sure he's happy about Buffalo Bills heading to the to the playoffs. They're playing well. So I know he's cheering for Buffalo. I know he's cheering for the Sabres. And um, Stevie, he's down here still cheering for us as well. So yeah. um, great guy, great person. That's um, the thing about him, Mark. It, it's everybody who ever met him came away smiling because yeah. yeah. he, he genuinely cared about every person that he met. And he, he would remember your kids' names. No, I don't have any kids. But he would remember kids' names. He, he would remember your, your, if your mom wasn't feeling well, how's your mom doing? You know, all, all that stuff. He, he remembered yeah. all that. He, he, he and I had our arguments on and off the air. But uh, but we would always end up smiling afterwards, and 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 that's the thing about him. Any time that you spent with him, you you left feeling good. Yeah, and and you're so right about that because when I first met him, um, our previous uh, owner uh, uh, who also passed uh, uh, about five years ago, uh, Brett Grant. Um, Brian came to the door and he was knocking at the door. We weren't open yet at the time. We weren't open yet. So, you know, I got up, I'm here, but you know, I just kind of let him, him knock. And Brett came running around the, <laughs> out of his office. He flew past me, flew to the door and like opened it up. Like he was the president of the United States. I'm like, I'm like, you know, that was kind of my first time meeting him before he even had a show here. But he made such an impression on people when he first met him. And from that day forward, I never left him out there when he came to the door. I would always open it up, make sure it was unlocked, make sure he had a key. And that was just one of the stories where, you know, he was just such a likable, but a genuine person that he didn't care who you were and how you looked or what you had or who you, he didn't even care who he was. Right. He didn't even, 
He didn't walk didn't, around pumping his chest. Come here. Yeah, and he didn't walk around <laughs> pumping his chest. But when you people seen him, they would always go, "Oh, that's Brian. Oh, yeah. that's that, that 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 that's that's Brian." You you go to Vegas Hockey Hotline. So a lot of people treated him so more than what he even could imagine or thought of for as himself like right he didn't even have anybody in on this planet that i met that had nothing but good things but he didn't consider himself this icon or this celebrity right but most people that met him whether it was bill i mean we had bill foley in the studio four times There's not one station in this town no. that can say or come and look us in the eye and say we have Foley in the studio well, and the, and as the money as you had. That, that, that Foley and Blessing hit it right off because Blessing treated Foley not, not like this, again, like this huge thing. Yeah. But just, just as a man. Yeah. He, he just wanted to he just and, and he would joke with him. And, and, and He played golf with him, too, didn't right? he? he they, they played golf all the time and had arguments on the golf course. And, yeah, they were just two regular people, yeah, yeah. even though one of them was and, a billionaire. And 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 one and, of them. And that's why Foley liked him, because Brian didn't put on any airs with him. Yeah, I think and I didn't know him too well personally, just met him in and out, coming in and out of here. But he, I know for a fact that he was beloved throughout the Vegas sports community. And I'm talking from the gambling world to the broadcasting world to fans and listeners high school football yeah, yeah. he did high school I mean, all so, the high school football so he was beloved throughout the vegas community not just in the hockey world yeah. but everywhere yeah it was if it was sports book directors if it was ticket writers yeah it, you know what i mean if it was high school coaches if it was everybody in the community always had good things to say about brian busting and yeah. Two years ago, but he's still looking down on us today. Yeah, right. Literally, <laughs> every 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 time I walk in here, you know, it's just his his presence will always be here, and that was, that was something because I, you know, and I talked to Stevie about it before we. I even got the sign. I even reached out to his wife. I didn't know what we wanted to do, but we had to do something. We just didn't know what. How can we continue to keep? Because he would come here and be here. Two hours, hour before a show, hour after a show. He loved being here just as much as we loved having him here. Yeah. And he never wanted anyone to pat him on the back. He never wanted anyone to feel like they couldn't be who they were. Yeah. And that was something that I'm always remember because he's definitely, you know, a part of this station, will always be a part of this station. And, uh, you know, I hope, you know, his wife and uh, his, you know, grandbabies, his son, I hope they're um, all doing well. As, and, you know, that's just, you know, a a part of something we will do every year, right? Yeah. Not two. We should every year around this time. We'll we'll just kind of do a little remembrance of our good friend, our dear friend Brian Blessing, who is now is the Brian Blessing Studio. There you go. Now, in honor of Brian Blessing, I am going to take the Bills. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this this weekend. Mine, is it still sitting at 10? 10. I could get nine and a half. Something. 10. You got to buy it down. Give me some, give me some love. <laughs> William Hill, Brian, buy it down. Give me some Brian Blessing love here. And get but, the Steelers and are, but the Steelers are hurting. They're, they're limping. In. They lost yeah. Watts. He's out for the year. Yeah. Or at least for this first game, he's yeah. out. And then you got the third string quarterback, Mason Rudolph. <sighs> Yeah, it's a big, nah. it's a big ask. Yeah, it's a tall ask. Ten yeah. points is a lot in the playoffs, but yeah. the Steelers can't run the ball. So, but all right, we got the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to ride with the Houston Texans. Joe Flacco uh, story is over. 
I think C.J. Shroud and this Texans defense and this Texan offense and D'Amico Ryans, the coach of the, who should have been the coach of the year, I think they go in and to this game as the wild card, as the winner of the division, and I think they beat the Browns, and they are the two-and-a-half dogs at home. All right. You ready? Any, any pick. Yeah, give us one. We got two. We got Buffalo and Texans. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go real quick. I got six. Oh, oh I got seven. Seven. I'm, I'm, I'm going to predict right now that the Raiders GM will be hired by the time we reconvene next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, one week from today. Next Tuesday, okay. they will have. Okay, we're going to be GM watching. Over there. Uh-huh. Okay. I'll take the I'll take the under on that as well. I'm with you. All right. All right. Under seven. Ooh, you guys okay. sure. Seven days. Yeah. Yeah. Is it going to be the first the the first GM hired is going to be the Raiders is going to have that domino fall or is somebody else going to be before the Raiders? I hope so because that puts you in a position of power. Yeah. Yeah. So I really do hope that they're the first one. This is pick. like a jury though. It's like a jury. The quicker the jury comes back, that's a bad thing. The longer they stay out, it's All maybe right. a chance you get off. Las Vegas, <laughs> Las Vegas, get your recording devices out. Stevie Slapshop's dropping a six-pack on you. So I agree with Mark. Texans, Dolphins. Dolphins, okay, going into Kansas City. Steelers. Wow. I'm taking the Steelers. Wow. Packers, Rams, Buccaneers. Wow. Uh, you took a lot of dogs. I, I took all dogs. All Whoops. dogs. <laughs> and that's what I do in the playoffs. Just for, just for anyone who wants to. If you guys are betting, you heard Stevie's six-pack, and then you heard my bet, and then you took Buffalo. I took Buffalo. My long shot of the playoffs is the Rams to win Rams. the Super Bowl at 45-1. to 1. Wow. And you already bet on that. I bet it. The Rams to win the Super Bowl. They can put it together. Yeah. Over yeah. the Ravens. Stafford Nakua and that wow. and that, that running back Williams. I don't know if anybody right can beat Williams. the Ravens right now. The Ravens are gonna be a oh. tough feat. They're gonna be a tough team to beat. If I get there, I'm hedging. All right, there you go. All there right. You go. That's smart. <laughs> Another wonderful show here, Vegas Sports Nation. All right, so next week we'll probably be talking about the Raiders GM. Prediction of Stevie. I, I think we will be. Slap shot. I think we will be. I say if it's not the Raiders next Tuesday, somebody does start that domino effect, and I think the Raiders will follow. But Tuesday seems kind of tight, being that, you know, it might be Harbaugh. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me that you. You got to interview so many players. You've gotta, you've I mean, so many coaches. Tired if if all the GM positions aren't aren't filled by next week. So you basically got to find the best GM before somebody else gets him. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? They, do, they do have Zoom. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're they're starting it. So we'll see. We'll have a lot to talk about next Tuesday. Oh yeah, it's gonna be going on. All right, guys. Thank you. Any plans for the weekend? Are the week rest of the week working? And I got I got the next three days off. I'll be cleaning house, and then then Saturday I go back to work. I'll be working. There you go. There you go. Vacation. You here? Little, little rebels. Little rebel game. Rebel games this weekend. Yeah. Saturday. Yep. Saturday. Maybe Let's a little get out golden and see the rebels. Golden Knights. Got to get a little golden knights in. Got to get some golden knights in. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys.